How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my city and wide. Yeah, let me take my time. I'm on my grind. Gotta make sure that we shine. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. HR to the death and first always my team for sure. Go roll. Can't fall off. Got a family support. Gotta make sure we succeed and reach our dream. Now live through me. I'm about to take off. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Knicks podcast. This is episode 95. I am your host, Jared Dubin. The Knicks are set to play the Boston Celtics in a couple hours here, but we're not going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about the Mellow Phil meeting that went down yesterday. And to do that, we've got the great Robert Silverman of Vocative. Robert, how are you, man? I'm good. Phil and I are going to have a meeting later today, too. We're going to have a meeting about meetings. Are you, it's a meeting meeting. Are you also going to reaffirm your commitment to the Knicks and that you want to stay in New York and win in New York? Uh, I just want to keep the lines of communication open, Jared. Yeah. That's what I'm about. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely saw everything that went down uh, yesterday afternoon. But just to recap, um, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, uh, tweeted like in the middle of the afternoon yesterday that Carmelo Anthony and Phil Jackson had met and that Phil asked Carmelo if he wanted to remain with the Knicks. Um, and that was basically all the information we had for like 20 or 25 minutes or so. And then Frank Isola and then Woj and then Ramona herself all tweeted out that Carmelo said, yes, he did want to remain with the Knicks. Um, and depending on whose reporting you listen to, the meeting was either much more contentious than previous meetings or calm and businesslike. So, um, you know, we started talking about that basically as soon as the reporting came out, and we sort of came to the conclusion, like, it doesn't particularly matter whether the meeting was contentious or calm and businesslike because it doesn't seem like Mello changed his mind. Yeah, that's kind of where I stand. I mean, uh, you know... Uh for those of you who want to follow the bouncing ball of unnamed sources, you know, uh, Shelburne has done a lot of reporting about Phil Jackson, including uh, including at the, the trials and tribulations of his relationship with Jeannie Buss, and, and she's got a lot of connections in Los Angeles. And then, you know, Frank Casola has, people may take certain issues, let's say, with some of Frank's uh, more strongly worded takes, um, but he's got a Rolex that's as big as anyone's in the NBA and, and has been reporting on the Knicks for a long time. And I think if you, it doesn't take too much effort to see who's telling whose side of the story. Um, but no, it, it doesn't. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I would be shocked if Melo asked for a trade. He doesn't want to leave, and he's, he's made it perfectly clear that he doesn't want to leave. And so without that, the Jackson things are pretty much tied. 
Yeah, I mean, that's sort of where I went, you know, on Twitter afterward. I was like, you know, as soon as Frank's report came out, he was the first one um, to say that Melo was basically like, I don't want to go anywhere. Uh, I was like, okay, so this is all much ado about nothing yet again. Like, apparently these two guys don't have the greatest relationship um, that's been reported on uh, by ESPN, by Yahoo, by Frank, by, you know, The Post, by pretty much everybody. But, you know, as I said when we did, you know, the Mellow Trade podcast the other d- the other day, like, none of it matters unless Mellow wants to go anywhere, which he doesn't. Yeah, there's sort of a, you know, the, the, the theory that's being floated, and you'll hear in trips and drafts in various places of our fine internet discourse, is that this is all some kind of master media manipulation by Phil Jackson in order to gaslight Mello into dropping the no-trade clause. <laughs> that the, the Charlie Rosen article, which Rosen claims he did not vet with Jackson and was not told by Jackson to write, um, was somehow Phil whispering in his buddy's ear the, the, the random comments that he made about Mello holding off the ball too long, which, you know, can is a valid criticism at times of how Mello has played. Um, you know, the, 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 the very sort of the racially changed and ill-considered remarks about uh, LeBron James's posse that genuinely upset Mello. Um, there's been a lot of things said by Phil which seem like an unnecessary stoking of the fire or, or creating a tension where there needs to be none and then of course people naturally turn to this idea that aha the great Zen master is realize that he has to trade mellow but either put himself over a barrel with the no trade clause or now regrets the no trade clause or whatever you want to say about why he gave him the no trade clause and is trying to use his 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 uh, media whispering to get Mello uh, to drive him to such a place where he'll say, get me the heck out of here. Yeah, the, I, um, I find two very interesting theories related to the no-trade clause. Um, the yeah. first one is, it comes from our friend Jason Concepcion, who says that Phil gave Mello a no-trade clause basically so that when it came time to trade Carmelo, the blame would go on Carmelo for wanting to leave. And Phil could just say, yeah, I wouldn't have traded Carmelo, but he had a no-trade clause, and he was like, trade me. Um, Which, you know, is sort of the master manipulator point of view that you mentioned. Um, The other one is, Phil doesn't know what he's doing and gave a no-trade clause for no apparent reason. Kobe Bryant? 
Possibly. Uh, I, myself, having never been a head coach, I don't know if that's the case. Um, but I think Phil is doing the same thing that worked when he was in his mid to late 50s. And it's not. It's and also, there's... um. First of all, there's there's a difference again, you know, just with the timing, like things that worked in 2001 and even 2009 and 2010 don't necessarily work in 2016, 2017, but also things that work when you're a head coach and you are around the players every day and the one who is personally responsible for doling out playing time and making decisions on play calls aren't necessarily the things that work when you are the team president and you're not with the team every day and you're not the one that's making decisions on who plays when and who gets the ball when, you know, right. there are different motivational tactics. And I would say it's also not necessarily the team president's job to be a day-to-day motivator. That's the coach's no, job. It, it really isn't. I mean, if he's, got, if he's watching the games and he's watching the games and, and he has a problem, go talk to your head coach. There's no reason to leak any of that there's no reason for him to ever talk about the way uh, you know to, to, to if it is that I mean there are two choices either he is trying to leave some kind of magical manipulative spell or he just can't shut up I mean that, 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 those are kind of the two alternatives either I don't, I don't think those are mutually exclusive by the way right. like, <laughs> yeah or, or some combination of both I mean look if he has a problem with Mello how Mello's going go to the coach or go to the coach and Mello or talk to them. If you don't have a relationship with Mello, and that's fine. They, you know, Phil and Mello don't need to be best buds and go, you know, read copies of the Bhagavad Gita to one another late at night while sitting. They know, don't need fine, to be. They don't need to be best buds, but they also can't be sniping at each other in the press. Like, right. you can't have that. It's it's toxic for an organization. Right, and, and it's Mello now needs to respond. I mean, look, the team is struggling enough as it is. There are genuine pressures on this team right now. Without having to respond to a random article by, by a Phil associate. And look, Phil Rosen, no, look, you can, even if Rosen was not in any way, like, did not base his thoughts in any way on conversations with Phil and came to them entirely on his own and did not vet them with Phil, he knows how it's going to be perceived. He is very well aware that he is seen as having a direct access to Phil Jackson. So he knows, or he has to be, completely lacking in self-awareness not to know that everyone is going to perceive him saying his criticisms of Melo and his belief that Sasha Vujicic should play more, which, if while we're here, what, um, are going to be perceived as coming from Jackson. It's also, like, it's unfair to Carmelo that he's the only one that has to answer questions about this every day. Like, he is out there answering questions about his relationship with Phil Jackson and what Phil Jackson may or may not have said about him. And he has to do that every day. And, you know. and then to say, like, well, I've asked, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, you know, and when the press keeps saying, so have you guys had a chance to speak? Which is, you know, an actual question that the press should ask if there are these tensions. If, you know, words are coming from Jackson and also in response from Anthony, someone's going to say, have you guys sat down to talk about this? And he's going to say, well, I've asked twice, and he hasn't gotten back to me. Well, it's also... Um, so. Then, you know, in connection with that, like, it's it's not necessarily unfair that he has to answer those questions. It's unfair that he's the only one that has to answer those questions. And Phil has not said anything about anything. Like, I was listening to, um, so I, I tend to not watch it on TV, so I listen to the starters and podcasts. 
and I can't remember who brought it up, but one of them said, you know, Phil Jackson could have done what Terry Stotts did when George Carl criticized Damian Lillard and come yeah. out and said, listen, I, I owe a lot in my career to Charlie Rosen. He's a good friend of mine, but this is bullshit, and I don't believe this. And right. this is not something that I think about Carmelo Anthony. Right. And that could have put it to bed. That could have put it to bed right away. Right. But he hasn't spoken to the press since, I think, September 22nd? Yeah, three days before training camp started. So, like, before the Rose trial, even. Right. Yeah, so uh, I believe that September 22nd, that's the date. So it's not that Phil has to be holding daily pressures on the state of the Knicks, but it's also worth noting that when, you know, Derek Rose went AWOL. Right. When the, team, when the team appears to be spiraling out of control and there are daily controversies about the two most high-profile players on the team, one of which directly involves him and one of which is about you know him and the rest of the organization not being informed about the location of his most high-profile off-season acquisition, like, yeah, maybe you better talk to somebody. Yeah, do a question. It's really, really not that hard. I'm sure the media would love to hear what he has to say. And, and it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's a strange time in the next season when Derrick Rose disappearing. And, no, and people genuinely, I mean, I was tweeting this, and I know a lot of people, I was, I, I was sitting there going, I hope he just flaked and he's not, you know, hurt or, or suffering or something really bad is happening. There were a couple of hours there, especially when you're hearing the post-game quotes before Noah chimed in to say, oh yeah, he's okay. Where, you know, no one seemed to know. And, and that was genuinely, you know, I mean, that's a very weird thing. I can't remember that ever happening with the Knicks. And that is being completely swamped by the deluge of Jackson Miller's story. That, that, like, no one is talking about that. The Rose thing has been forgotten. Yeah, and it's, look, you know, now you have all these stories like, is this the beginning of the end of the Phil Jackson-Carmelo relationship? Um, I've mentioned yeah. it before. Carmelo is undefeated in Madison Square Garden power plays. Um, I would yeah, expect yeah, yeah. that if there's another one, I expect him to win if he wants to win it. The only way he is seen as not winning it is if he's just like, I'm not doing another one of these and I'm getting out of here. Um, you know, it, it does seem like there are not really many realistic suitors for his services Anyway, because Cleveland's not happening. The Clippers now have Blake and Chris out, so that's not happening either. The Celtics never actually make a trade for anybody with all of their assets, and he hates everybody well, I, on that team. Mello hates Boston. Yeah. I mean, Mello really doesn't like Boston. He also just, like, hates everybody on Boston. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I would be surprised if, if Boston decided to cash in. I mean, I think it's a trade. They kind of, I think you you gave up to Chris. We get into wacky, wacky trade speculation. If you match, if you offered a couple of salaries to match his contract, gave them um, either and gave them either Brooklyn's you know pick this year or like some combination of Jalen Brown and maybe Marcus Smart. I think they take that all and and, and count, their, count their blessings. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it on Twitter. Like, this is how, you know, and Mark Berman reported after the Mellow meeting that, you know, the Celtics are the team that makes the most sense, and, like, maybe they might be interested. It wasn't really a report so much as, like, this is the team that makes the most sense, and maybe they might be interested. And I was like, this is how it's going to go for the next month. Somebody on Twitter is going to post a deal like, here, look at this deal to get Mellow to the Celtics. And then Knicks fans are going to respond saying, the Knicks aren't getting enough. And then Celtics fans are going to respond saying, the Knicks aren't getting too much. And then it's going to be like, Melo's going to say, like, you can't trade me. 
and then we're just yeah, gonna it, it, we're it, gonna repeat that over the next month. There will be there will be many many rumors uh, that will fly over the next month. I again, Melo has all the cards, and unless all of this popping about not wanting to trade his no drop his no trade clause is itself, you know, that's the position that I mean, we're delving into real ten point attack conspiracy theory where Melo and Phil came up with this master plan now where Melo would say he doesn't want to be traded, which would give Phil a certain amount of leverage in acquiring assets, which uh, who knows? Um, it's a very Nixian circus. Yeah. There were also, you know, some comments today from Melo, you know, again being asked about all this and he basically said, like, I don't care what management thinks anymore. I'm just going to try to lead, um, lead, lead the guys on this team. You know, just to put this on a positive note, I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're playing him at the power forward now. I mean, you and I have been screaming about this for probably since, I think, April 2012. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Yeah, right, right when everyone got injured post-Woodson and Melo was forced to play power forward and suddenly... And he went on a, a crazy, started averaging something like 29 points for the final 16 games and shooting, you know, 47, 48%. I'm, I'm spitballing on the numbers, but he went on a, a crazy streak, really getting power forward minutes for the first time. And, and then, like, oh, yeah. then he played power forward in the 2012 Olympics and was incredible. Then played power forward in the 2012-13 season at the beginning of it when Amari was hurt and then at the end of it when other guys were hurt. It's, I wrote about this with, and when I did a brief, I, I wrote something briefly about the Knicks about a week ago, and I was talking about the Knicks' root problems on defense. It was when everyone started saying, like, when, when Jeff Winnicek came out and said, like, well, maybe we just don't have the guys to play defense, which is not to lie. Um, <laughs> he, he, uh, uh, there's something about, like, watching Melo try to close out on a three-point shooter, there's a sort of strange initial shrug right before he starts moving. And then he kind of lumbers out there towards someone, and, and I said it reminded me uh, of a twice-divorced dad who'd forgotten that he needed to take out the recycling and haul his ass out of bed at 2 in the morning to do so. Yeah, it's, um, look, he's going to be on the team if he wants to be on the team. They might as well use him in, you know, the optimal way. Yeah. Um, that obviously is something that I think matters a little bit less to people than the whole drama surrounding everybody because you know it's, well the drama is easy look you, yeah. you, you, you want to nitpick into the problems of this Nick team it's not very fun but all this conspiracy theory stuff is, is, is some juicy drama and that's fun to delve into it, it's, it's fun to sort of rail against if you're a Knicks fan and for the rest of the NBA it's fun to sort of laugh and point in a new gossip and go haha lol Nick so, you know, that's what gets a lot of steam, and it always has. I would be, I would be interested to know, um, you know, not whether people the Knicks should, people think the Knicks should trade Carmelo. I would be interested to know, you know, who Knicks fans think is, like, the quote-unquote good guy in this scenario, in, like, the, the sort of war of words between these two. Like, do they take Carmelo's side and be, like, Phil Jackson is being ridiculous and he shouldn't be taking shots Failed shots at Melo through the through the press, and if that's not his words, he should say so. He should at least talk to the media. Or do they take Phil Jackson's side so much that they're just like, yeah, Melo's usefulness has run out, and he should just waive his no trade clause already? What is he doing? I, I would I very much like to know what, what what side people fall on. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing that, that it's always interesting to remember is that there are very few when it comes to both of those guys. Uh, no one says, well, you know. 
look, you can you can take issue with some of Phil's free agent signings, but he did grab Porzingis, and he's picked up some nice rotation pieces, you know, or players who could be nice rotation pieces. And if you want to, you know, the only really what looks to be deadly long term deal is is getting Noah. So maybe he's you know been like a a B minus C plus executive or a C plus C minus. Um. People tend to think, oh, it, it, it tends to devolve into he is a basketball genius or he's a complete bum. And I think the same goes for Melo. There, there, there aren't very many sort of measured takes on Carmelo Anthony. So I think everyone is retreating to their various fiefdoms. Um, I, I kind of think they're both deploying for a little bit. I, I tend to side with Anthony more personally. Uh, I think he's been sort of placed into a weird situation. And the fact that he hasn't really evolved his game in ways that everyone would like, or has only done it in, in limited stretches. Yeah, you know, you can take issue with that, but I don't really, if for some reason I kind of have some morality to that, and, and what Phil Jackson seems to be doing, again... It's also it's like, important. Carmelo just, was offered a no-trade clause, and he took it, and he can exercise it whenever the hell he wants to. And, right. like, it's fine for him to do that like the blame game of like why is Melo sabotaging the team is somewhat ridiculous to me he's not sabotaging the team there's no there's no way in which Melo is sabotaging the team I mean say what you is he playing his best no um is that possibly due to slipping from age and injury yeah, I kind of think so, and, and also playing out of position a lot of times, there's that too. But I don't think Miller is sabotaging the team. Um, if you want to say that he should ignore everything Phil Jackson says, well, now that's a zen outlook if ever there was one. Well, he also <laughs> said today that he's basically going to do that. Yeah. I mean, he, he really doesn't have any other choice. I mean, it, it, keeping this going was just be, from his perspective, I'm sure it's just exhausting. Yeah, especially when the other side is basically just speculation about what Phil might think based on something that somebody he knows wrote but has been his ghostwriter in the past and Phil won't come out and say anything. So it's all one-sided. Like The only side anybody sees or the only side anybody gets to actually hear is his. It's like when someone – it's a much higher stakes game of somebody that – doesn't uh, follow you on Twitter responding to your tweets in DMs and everybody can only see your side of the conversation. You know, yeah, it's, it's like... It's, it's very weird. I mean, honestly, I, I do think both Colonel Anthony and the Knicks would be better off if they parted ways. Uh, um, Basketball-wise, maybe that's true. But yeah. personally, Carmelo loves it here. His wife loves it here. His son loves it here. It's much more difficult to move in the middle of a season. Right. Um, you know, and that's all considerations for him, and he's said that many times. So how many how many points is Isaiah Thomas going to light the hook for tonight? Oh, I mean, Isaiah always kills them anyway, but and and I, so I, do all I'm point feeling, guards. I'm feeling like like one of those, like a 40-point this game where he just doesn't pass at all because he's snaking into the lane ad nauseum. Yeah, well, you know. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a strange time in Nick Hill, and, and, and hopefully Porzingis will get better soon. I mean, honestly, I'm at the point where they should, you know, lock him in, seal him in a hyperbaric chamber until they're sure that his body is just glistening. It's so darn healthy. So the, 
there's no need to rush Porzingis back. Yeah, especially um, with Achilles injuries, you don't want to mess with that and have him come out on the court with a weakened Achilles and all of a sudden have it snap and then his career is never the same. Like, you yeah. keep him on the shelf until he is 1,000% healthy. He's too yeah. important. I know. It's just, it just, it just, I, it, it's just watching the games without Chris Depp makes me feel sad inside. Yeah. And look, this is... They've got a tough stretch of schedule coming up, and Carmelo has mentioned the importance of not letting things snowball a few times, and for the drama off the court to get even worse while leading into that stretch is horrific timing and horrific organizational management. And Unless it's a stealth tank. Oh, God. We're not doing this again. Really, there's nothing better for a stealth tank. Then I think a couple of overpriced veterans who are going to get snippy when they don't get playing time, which I have a feeling Joe Kim Noah will do once he starts riding the bench. Yeah, and but if you're doing that, you don't. Dumb and dumber Instagram photos, if you're so. doing that, you don't sign those veterans for four years. It's it's not a perfect stealth tank. Yeah, you know why it's not a stealth tank? Because it's not a tank. They tried to be good. Just like they tried to be good two years ago when they wound up tanking. Like, and, and it's very, yeah, I know. Look, Phil has never actually, Phil has wanted to make the playoffs every single year that he's been in New York. He has never, you know, he, he, he drafted the right dude. Um, but he's always been signing guys. You know, the only guy that he's signed for whom you could say, okay, here's a player who might be able to grow alongside Porzingis is, is Robin Lopez. Even Robin Lopez was 27 years old at the time yeah. of the signing. Like the yeah. the growth signings have been. I mean, Hernan Gomez was a draft pick. You can't even really count him. Justin Holiday was a trade. Um, Kuzminskis. Kuzminskis, yeah. Kuzminskis is 27. Um, yeah, he does look like he's about 11, or maybe you yeah. know what? He looks like he's 27 months. So. Kuzminskis looks like he just he just got roughed up by the docs because he wouldn't pay union dues is what he looks like to me. Like he, he encountered a bunch of rough stevedores and he's not coming back. He's on the wire season two. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was like one of Ziggy's friends. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's I, I think the, the, the genius of the stealth tank is is the stealth tank you don't intend to do. It's that's how stuffy it is. Yeah, basically. When you try to build a team twice to make the playoffs and you fall considerably short, uh, that's Three not times. necessarily the. Three times. The goal was to make the playoffs in year one. With, with well, no, with I was Samuel. I was saying last year was not necessarily because they brought back a lot of or no, I guess they didn't bring back a lot of the same team. They changed over no, a lot of no. it also. They brought in. They brought in. Yeah. You remember Aaron Aflalo? Aaron Aflalo, Robin Lopez, Derek Williams. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, 0 for 3, but uh, they did they did draft KP and they did uh, create organizational chaos where Carmelo is not on the same page as the front office and apparently they can't stand each other. And, um, you know, you get the good with the bad. And uh, there's been a whole lot of bad. It's okay. This is, this is normal. This is fine. But, yeah, this is basically standard they operating easily, procedure. They easily drop, like, 8 of the next 10 suddenly find themselves smacked up in the middle of the lottery and be staring and then, and then you and I will be pouring over Draft Express looking at all those sweet creamery point guards that are coming out next year oh I'm doing that anyway um, alright well, Brian, well, Brian Gibberman brought it up uh, last night if, if they lose tonight and um, Sacramento or Denver one of the two wins all of a sudden the Knicks have the 10th worst record in the league 
and uh, and are closer, I think, to the top five than to the playoffs at that point. Um, yeah. So. It's it's not it's not a it's not stealth and it's not a tank. It's just a team that was Look, assembled to be good. Just because something isn't true or based in reality doesn't mean it can't give you pleasure. Yeah, the Knicks stealth tank is fake news, and I think we can end things right there. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Jared.